Who's ready for the word this morning? Amen and amen. If you would open up your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 today. As you're turning there, I want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness with your tithes and your offering and your giving each and every week. I just want to remind you that this month kicks off our Build a Legacy. Uh, we are for the uh, from October all the way through September of next year. We have a goal to raise $250,000 uh, because we are believing that there's a door that's about to be open for Legacy Church. Amen. And when that door opens, I don't want to miss it. Amen. So I want you to be in prayer throughout this month. Uh, if you've not already filled out a card, you can get one in the foyer. We're going to have uh, an electronic card coming soon on our website and things. But uh, go. Uh, I want you to be in prayer about what, what it is that you can give above the tithe and offering to help us be ready as, as we get ready for what God is about to do in this season of next for us. So be in prayer about that. Whenever you take a moment and fill it out, you can drop it in the offering bucket as you leave uh, on a Sunday morning uh, just to let us know uh, where we are at and how to plan on moving forward. So we're just thankful for you and thankful for what God is doing in this hour. And our ushers, they'll be at the door today as you leave uh, to help you if you'd like to give today. They'll be there to serve you. So be sure you do that before you leave today. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 this morning. Mark chapter 5 verse 21. This verse is, is happening in the city of Capernaum. Capernaum is a city of miracles. We've been singing about miracles today. It's a city of miracles uh, there are many miracles that are recorded in that city from the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, Jairus's daughter was raised from the dead there. The roof was torn off of that house and a man was lowered through the roof. Peter's mother-in-law was healed in that very city. And here we are in Mark chapter 5, verse 21. It says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands upon her, that she might be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him. And a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, say 12, 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather she grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and she touched his garment for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power was gone out of him, he turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude around you and you say, who touched me? And he asked, and he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, 
Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. And while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, but only believe. Before we pray this morning, just to give a recap of what I just read, because I know there's a couple of stories that's happening in this time on Jesus' watch. Jesus is ministering, and a man named Jairus comes and lets him know that he's in need of a miracle because his 12-year-old daughter is back home and he needs a miracle. Jesus begins the journey to his next miracle. Somebody say next. He's on the way to what we thought was the next miracle. He's on the way to what was next when this woman with the issue of blood interrupts his next for something that she's dealing with right now. Somebody say now. He's on the way to next, but is interrupted by the now. That is what I want to speak to us this morning about. Somewhere between next and now. Somewhere between next and now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you this morning and we give you honor and glory and praise. Lord, I just pray that this morning that our eyes would be open to you. That our ears would be in tune with your voice. Lord, I just pray that right now, Lord, that you would allow me to concentrate on this word this morning. Lord, and I just pray that anything that may be fighting for our attention right now, Lord, I just pray that those things would cease. Lord, and I just pray that right now we lock eyes with your eyes. Lord, that our ears are in tune with your voice. Lord, and I just pray that right now, Lord, that as this word is spoken, it's received by your people into their hearts and soul, and it begins to take root today. We love you today. The church said amen. Amen Amen and amen. No matter who you are, no matter where you are today, no matter where you came from, no matter where you are going, no matter your pedigree, no matter your last name, no matter how many degrees you may or may not have, you are in this situation. This is a message for everyone in the room because we are all somewhere between our next and our now. No matter who you are, there are some sermons you may feel like is not for you. That topic really isn't for you. But this right here, every person in this room is there. Every organization, every business is in this same situation. Legacy Church is in the season somewhere between next and now. We see all throughout scripture of this, of this same situation that I'm describing today. We watch all throughout scripture, the stories, the word, how one generation would sacrifice for the next generation. We watch as one generation uh, sacrifices so the next generation can be fed in the spirit. We watch as the now generation makes a deposit into the next generation. We see Abraham to Isaac. Isaac to Jacob, Moses to Joshua, Elijah to Elisha, Paul to Timothy, all throughout the scripture, we watch as one generation is pouring into another generation. God was all about and God is still all about today, his presence flowing from generation to generation, amen? His glory being displayed not only in this generation, 
but the next generation. His blessings being displayed not only for us today, but for generations to follow us. Because God understands the importance of generations. God understands the significance of generational synergy. Generations coming together and working together for the kingdom of God. The word tells us that that actually the last days will be marked by generations coming together. And they know their purpose and they're working together for the kingdom. The word says that the young will have visions and the old will dream dreams. What does that mean? I believe in my heart that, that it means that the next, uh, in the last days that the vision will always be about the next generation. It will always be about the next. And the older generation will be dreaming dreams of ways that they can make it possible to reach the next generation in the, in, in the spirit. Aren't you thankful that that? That revival is not just for the older generation. Aren't you thankful today? Aren't you thankful that awakening is not just for the younger crowd? Aren't you thankful today that, but, but in the kingdom, there is no generation gaps. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that today? Because generations feeding into the generation is part of God's plan to usher in the return of Christ. Anyone thankful this morning that God is the God of generations and that whosoever will, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you may be, but every person can experience salvation today. Aren't you thankful that no matter how old you are or how young you may be, guess what? You can still experience a great awakening. Aren't you thankful that no matter how old you are or young you are, you can still be filled with the Holy Spirit today? Aren't you thankful that no matter how old you are or how young you may be, you can still experience revival? If if you are thankful that he's a God of generations, will you just say amen with me this morning? In this word today, Jairus comes to Jesus. He was, the word calls him the official of the local synagogue. He was the man um, the leaders would come to. He was the man, uh, the, the, he, he was known as being the leader of, that, of, of the synagogue. He was influential. People knew him. Uh, I'm sure that he had actually heard or maybe even been in conversations himself talking about this new guy in town, Jesus. Debates, is he real between the scribes and the Pharisees? And even some of these conversations he was in were conversations about how to end the ministry of Jesus. This man had connections. This man had a reputation in town. This man was known. And while all of this was going on, there was something that was actually happening inside of his house. And while everyone knew him, something was happening to his 12-year-old daughter back at the house. She grows ill to the point of death. And in that moment, everything changed for Jairus. In that moment, despite conversations that he had been in despite the conversations that he had had about Jesus or maybe had overheard about Jesus in that moment he come to the realization that he needed Jesus have you ever been in a moment like that have you ever experienced the moment when Jesus was no longer a debate to you have you ever experienced a moment when Jesus was no longer just a sermon when he was no longer just a good song when he was no longer just a philosophy 
philosophical discussion or debate, but all of a sudden things shifted in his life. And uh, whenever he came to realize that he didn't need anybody else, that all he needed was Jesus. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had a time when you realized all I need is Jesus right now? All of a sudden, Jairus' men that were talking in his ear, they did not stack up in comparison. All of a sudden, the other guys did not no longer qualify. All of a sudden, all of the things that he had heard were no longer, uh, they, they had no value. And in that moment when he needed a miracle, he said, just get me to Jesus. I don't need a scribe. I don't need a Pharisee. I don't even need the high priest right now. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a place that was so dark you didn't know if you could even get a glimpse of hope? Have you ever been, has your family ever been something that was so low? And they, they, they went through it. You realize, I don't even know if we're going to make it out of this thing together. Have you ever been in a place so deep with the issue that you didn't want to see the prophet? You didn't care about the apostle. The, the apostle, you didn't want another sermon. You didn't want another song. You were just at the point saying, just give me Jesus. Who can testify that there's some things that only Jesus can take care of? Who can testify there's some sicknesses that only Jesus can heal this morning? I don't need a doctor. Just give me Jesus. I don't need Dr. Phil. Just give me Jesus. I don't need Oprah. Just give me Jesus. I don't need a shrink. Just give me Jesus. Because when I need a miracle, just give me Jesus. A deacon can't save me. A prophet cannot redeem me. Just give me to the way maker. Just give me to the wonderful counselor. Just give me to the mighty God. Just give me to the prince of peace. Just give me to Yahweh. Just give me to Jehovah Rapha. Why? Because the God is my healer. Just give me Jesus. Jairus is here in a moment when he realizes Jesus is all I need. And the word says that when Jairus got to Jesus, he fell at his feet. Some translations will say that he bowed down before him. And that one sentence is so important today because it signifies that something shifted in his mind. Because in the, because in the time that he was living in, Jews were trained and they were taught that they were never to bow down to humanity. That they would only bow to deity. In other words, they would only bow to a power that was greater than they were. This tells us that something had changed in his mind. Jairus had come to the realization that this Jesus was more than just a man. He realized this is not just another rabbi. And here he is, a man that is respected in the community. He, now here he is bowing before Jesus. And he's not only bowing before Jesus, he's bowing before Jesus in public. What he is doing is he is signifying to the people, I have changed my mind. This is no longer just a man. This man is different from everybody else. Now he's signaling everybody around him, this is the one true God. Let me tell you something, church. Now is the time when the church needs to bow to Jesus. Now is the time when you not only need to bow on Sunday, but you need to bow at your place of employment. You need to bow in Walmart. You need to bow in Walgreens. I don't even know how some of you make it through Walmart.
heart without the Holy Ghost because every time I go there I lose my sanctification but sometimes you just gotta bow down in public and say guess what Jesus is the only one that matters he's the only king he's the king of kings he's the Lord of lords he's the only way and here is Jairus if you look at his name it means one whom God enlightens And in that moment, he's living up to his name because God has given him the revelation that this is my son. He is giving him the revelation that this is not just another religious figure, but this is is the man. And here he is representing the now generation. He is representing the now. Jairus is representing the now. And his daughter is back home representing the next generation. But you've got to get this because it was the trouble that Jairus dealt with. The trouble caused him to see what other people had been missing. I said the trouble caused him to see what other people had been missing. See, trouble will change your perspective. Trouble will make you see what religious people have been missing. Trouble will make you embrace what others have neglected. Trouble will make you thankful for things that other people have been taken advantage of. Trouble will make you sensitive to things that you were not sensitive to before the trouble. And with all of this trouble happening in the world, with all of this trouble happening in America, a church that is awake, the real church is becoming more sensitive to the Holy Spirit, but the fake church is starting to cave in. The fake church, the woke church, not the, not the church that is awake, but the woke church trying all, everything in the name of acceptance. Guess what? They are caving in the middle of culture, but a church that is awake and full of the Holy Spirit, the day is here. The day is now whenever we must rise up and tell the world Jesus is the only way get to Jesus today trouble makes you sensitive trouble makes you seek him trouble will make you worship him trouble will bring the church clarity because now Jairus don't care about his title he don't care what the religious people are saying behind his back he's got clarity now and he understands he understands that nobody can do for me what Jesus can do for me Jairus is bowing and he's representing the now generation that's reaching out to God for the next generation back home and Jesus agrees to help his daughter aren't you thankful this morning that Jesus still says yes Aren't you thankful this morning that whenever you are in need, whenever you call out, that the Lord still hears you? He says, yes, Jesus agrees to help him, and he is on the way to the next. He is on the way to the representation of the next generation. He's on the way to help this 12-year-old girl, and while he's on the way to next, he's interrupted by the right now. Here is a woman in the now with an issue of blood. If you look around this morning, there's people all across this room with issues. If you look around right now, there's people all across this room with issues. If you look around right now and you try to figure out who had issues, you would be looking at somebody and then somebody would be looking at you knowing that you were the one with the issue. 
Because how many of you know we all have got some issues? We've all got some issues. And here is this woman with the issue of blood. And he's headed to his next, but stopped by the now. Can anyone relate? He's somewhere between next and now. How many of you know that it's frustrating when you think you're at the brink of your next and you're interrupted by something happening right now? It's aggravating whenever you are ready for the next. But the people you are attached to is stuck in the now. And you're caught somewhere between the next and the now. And here is Jesus, somewhere between next and now. And his plan is to give both the next and the now the miracle that they need. His plans are to never deny the next or the now. His plans are to give both what they are in need of. Aren't you thankful that God never leaves you or forsakes you? He'll never leave you in the now. He will never forsake you in your next. See, the enemy wants you to be captivated by your now. He wants you to be defeated by your now. He wants you to be so consumed by what is happening in the now that you forget about what is next. He wants you to be a prisoner right now. He wants you to be overcome and overwhelmed by your now because he's not afraid of your now. He's afraid of your next because Satan knows that if you ever get out of that fear, he knows that if you ever get out of that pond, he knows that if you ever get over that doubt, he knows that if you ever get out of the now, that you will be one of hell's worst nightmares. See the enemy? Wants you overwhelmed in the now so you cannot get to the next. See, the reason so many people never get to their next is because they cannot deal with their now. And while Jesus is on the way to heal a 12-year-old girl, he encounters a woman with a 12-year-old issue. Coincidence? No. He's on the way to hit a 12-year-old girl. And now a woman with a 12-year-old issue stops him from getting to the next. He encounters now a woman whose womb is dead. He encounters now a woman who is bleeding. He encounters now a woman who cannot give birth. He encounters now a woman who can no longer be productive. All in the now. And while he's headed to the next, what's happening in the next? It's a representation of a generation that's dead. Locked in a room. She has issues. The next is dying. And here we are somewhere trying to minister in the now while getting to the next in this same situation. And now the church is dealing with many of those like Jesus was in the now. Those people that are no longer producing Churches that are, no long, that are no longer able to produce anything. Churches that are dealing with spiritual infertility. Their wombs are barren. The church 
So many that just come to a service for, yet they never see anything birth in the now. Much of the church, like the woman in the now, is growing weak. Struggling to keep their eyes ahead of them. Struggling to see the vision. They are weak. They've lost their passion for the loss. And then you've got the next. They are locked up in a room somewhere. They are not in the house of the Lord this morning. Depression and anxiety are rampant in the next. Sexual confusion is rampant in the next. The next is in pain. They are struggling with their identity in the next. They, don't, they no longer know who they are or what they are. They are enslaved to a fantasy life that they have seen played out on social media in front of them. Next, a 12-year-old girl. Now, a 12-year-old issue. And looking at the number 12, it's powerful. Because the number 12 is the number of government. It's the number of alignment. It's the number of divine alignment, everything coming together for his will to be done. This woman is tired and she is weary in the now. And here we are in the now. We are tired of watching the next generation die. We are tired of watching the next generation be confused and lied to by the media. We are tired in the now as we watch things that are out of alignment with the word. And one thing that hinders a person's now turning into their next is alignment. you got to ask yourself, what is that thing in my life that is out of alignment right now? What is something in my home that's not in alignment with the word right now? What is not in alignment? Pastor, you don't understand. I've been praying for a financial breakthrough and cannot get it. But the problem is you're out of alignment because you don't even give to God. So your request is out of alignment. <laughs> Something is out of order. I want, I want financial favor, but you don't want to sow into what God is doing. Something is out of alignment. Pastor, I want spiritual power, but you don't want to pray and you don't want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pastor, I want divine wisdom, but you don't want to read the Bible. Something here is out of alignment. Are you seeing what's happening in the now? Pastor, I want to be saved and go to heaven, but you reject the gospel because it does not line up with your social life or your political views. I believe that, I believe that heaven is for me, but you live like hell in the now. Because you cannot bind the devil on Sunday and sleep with him on Monday because something is out of alignment in the church now. But wherever Jesus steps, order will follow. Wherever there is revival, there is a realignment. And the Spirit is here and he wants to bring some order into your life today. You can't get the next when you're out of alignment. You need faith now before you can see it in the next. You got to get your joy back in the now so you can have joy in the next. You got to get your peace back now so you can have peace in the next. You got to get your mind in order now so that there'll be clarity in the next. You got to get this because... The woman in the now comes crawling to Jesus 
And she says, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. If I could just make it through the crowd one more time. If I could just touch him. The girl in the next, see, she couldn't touch him. She wasn't in the place to touch him. She didn't know enough about him to reach out and touch him. She wasn't close enough to get him. But the woman in the now, although she had some issues, although she had her problems, she decided, I'm still going to touch him. And if the church in the now can wake up and realize that we need to be a church that is touching him, I not only need him to touch me, but I want to press through my issues and touch him. If we, the church in the now, can touch him, if we, the church, why do you need to touch him? Because if we, the church, can touch him in the now, whenever we get around them on Monday and we rub shoulders around them, a little bit of Jesus will rub off on them the church has got to touch him now why so that they can be impacted tomorrow I not only need him to touch me but I got to press through some things and touch him God not I not only do I want you to touch me but I want to touch you today see band help me out this next generation needs a church that's been touching him. The next generation needs a church that knows how to press through some stuff. The next generation is pending, is depending upon a church that can press through some political issues and get to the spiritual issues. The next generation needs a church that knows how to touch him. The now church, in the now she had to touch him. But the next, the word said, Jerry said, I need you to come speak to her and lay your hands upon her. The next generation couldn't touch him. That next generation was waiting on somebody to come speak and lay their hands upon them. The next generation knows needs a church that, that knows how to press through some stuff. The, the next generation needs a now church that has touched him because they're in a place right now they're so far removed that they cannot touch him why do we pray why do we pray Lord fill us Lord empower us Lord give us strength because the next is dying and they are depending upon us to get to them we need now to touch Jesus so that we can touch the next I don't know about you but I want to touch Jesus today not only for myself but for the next. I don't know about you this morning, but I want to touch Jesus today because somebody in my workplace tomorrow is going to look at me and find him. I don't know about you, but I need to touch Jesus right now because my kinfolk, next week I'm going to be with them and they're going to look at me and they're going to see a little bit of Jesus. Anybody there this morning? Come on, get up on your feet with me this morning. 
Come on, get up on your feet with me this morning.